Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. Hello, everyone. Hi, and welcome to Feel This. Hi, Jess. Hi, Frank. Glad to be here. Uh, It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Uh, Mr. Shoes is here, by the way. I'm good. He's in my lap. Um... So he's he's a part of the podcast scene today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wherever you are right now, we're going to start how we normally start, just with a little bit of grounding and presence, and we'll see where this takes us. But to begin with, I, I want to start with a deep, open-hearted welcome to you, to you, the listener, wherever you're finding yourself in your day or night and pressing play on this. I just want to send a big welcome to all the various parts of you, all the aspects of yourself, all the energies within you. And as a reminder that this podcast is about you. That is the main content of this podcast is what comes alive for you, the listener, what comes alive inside you? Yeah. Think if there's anything that I hold dearest to and and offer the people, it's that what's the answers, whatever they're looking for is inside them. It's not in, it's not outside yourself. It's not in others. It's not teachers and people can guide us along a path. But the best part of the path they can guide us on is the path of introspection, the path of looking inside ourselves. So that is the closest source to everything we're seeking. So let's get started with our meditation, having said that. I'm just starting with connecting to our breath. Just feeling the air coming in. The breath of life, every breath coming in, this new life coming into the moment. And noticing our senses, noticing your sense of hearing in the moment. It's beginning to notice sounds where you are, maybe sounds that are in the background. Noticing our sense of vision. This can be with your eyes open or closed, but either way, just kind of softening your gaze and noticing the pure experience of sight, almost as if you have never seen before. What would it be like to experience your sight 
for the first time. And connecting to our sense of touch in our body. Again, just wherever you are, just beginning to feel the sensations. Notice the sensations. If your hands are touching something, just feeling how you sense your sense of touch. If your feet are on the ground or your legs are in a chair, notice those sensations. And if you pick a space anywhere on your body and just kind of focus in, kind of start to feel like an energy, like sensations, almost like moving or bubbling around the spot. It's kind of your nervous system feeling into that space. Maybe just take a little time to feel into that. And what we're kind of cluing into here is just a little bit more subtler energy of being. It's paying attention to more of the subtle more raw experience of being in the moment. And again, this, this practice, like what we're doing right now, is a kind of fundamental, like I said on the previous podcast, you know, it's kind of like scales, right? like being present to your senses in the moment is like the scales of living. It's the basic building block of all experience. So the more we practice being able to open up to every little moment, just the moment of sitting here, just the moment of listening. And what is your experience like in your body, in your senses? The more fully we can open to moments of great love and connection and laughter, or even moments of great grief and pain and heartache. so that we can move through those wholeheartedly. Now bring awareness now just right in and around the heart area. Just starting with the physical heart. And I'm gonna ask this question for me and Jess, but for you as well. So I'm gonna kind of invite this, <laughs> maybe you get to play imagination here and if you could imagine you were going to be on the podcast today. What inside you wants to come forward and speak? What might want to be known? What's alive in you today? And I'm asking this question for myself and I'm asking this question for Jess, but I'm asking this question for you. Like what's alive inside you today? And just asking the question and listening to whatever starts to emerge in your consciousness. And taking a deep breath with that. We could use the breath as a form of almost a silent or quiet acknowledgement. It's with the intention of acknowledging whatever's arising within you. So great. Hi, Jess. Welcome into, I was going to say welcome back, but we talked about that before. <laughs> you like the welcome back. I 
I'm thinking like inviting a new awareness, like we were in an inner world of our senses and uh, our inner thoughts. And then it's like opening to the dimension of the we. There you are. Yeah. Just noticing, right? Like even just noticing what the shift happens as we turn towards each other and we focus on each other, what starts to shift in our energy. I say this to Jess right now, but I say this to you as the listener to pay attention to just even the subtle things like, oh, you focus on our senses and what happens or what happens when you focus on the person you're with in the moment, especially if it's a safe person, that's a good place to practice the person you feel safe with and just noticing what happens in your energy when you start to attune to the presence of another being. This is a neat thing to explore. I feel a lightness in my energy in my body as I look at you more and something I can tell some other type of energy coming forward, more engaged, social engagement. Uh, if we use some polyvagal terms, that's probably right. what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you pointing to that as uh, something to notice. When my eyes were closed, I was sort of having this dual experience of really enjoying the sense meditation and being very present to it. And then also noticing my mind. And it was cool that you said what we might want to talk about. My mind had been formulating like, what are the things that are stirring in me? How might I put them into words? In the eyes closed place, it was like this theoretical audience again, that, that idea of people, random people listening to me, which feels somewhat performative in my system. And I could feel like my heart was racing a little bit and my breath was getting a little shallow. So when I opened my eyes and saw you and thought about, suddenly it was like, I felt calmer. I felt happy to be here. And I felt that idea of the audience was sort of replaced with this idea of, of the, the word that came to me. The words were beloved listener, our beloved listener. Mm-hmm. And I felt the three of us here <laughs> and it felt really different. And I was sort of reflecting on the idea of sort of the abstract versus the personal, like the abstract idea of people, of people listening, of talking to an audience of, you know, those sort of abstract, it's maybe impersonal, an impersonal idea feels more like standing up in front of a bunch of strangers and, and talking much more anxiety provoking. Yeah. And there was a lot of other things that were wanting to kind of come into words, but that's, that's what in this very moment that I'm noticing. Let's see. One aspect of me is wanting to reflect on what was coming up for me in the meditation, my meditation before I came here today, and then the meditation here in terms of what we're bringing here today. And separately, I want to have a part that wants to comment on just bringing the listener into the room. When you were talking about that, I was feeling... I had a couple of people that I know are listening, maybe the only two people I know for a fact are listening besides you and I. (laughs) And I can picture their faces as you were saying, the dear listener, and I can picture their faces and feel their presence and connection. 
to me in my life and in the room. I'm just picturing them kind of in the room. And when I see those two and I'm closing my eyes and I'm kind of picturing those two people, but I, I also know I'm not speaking directly to those two people. Those people are like holding the energy of everyone for me, of everyone who's the listener. And I guess the closest, actually, I'm, I'm picturing a kind of concentric circle at the beginning of the closest part of the circle of listeners is you and I, right? The you and I that will listen to this later. That's the, that's the listener I feel closest to. And then there are the listeners I know personally. And that's, so that's a second ring who I, you know, have this sense of deep care for. And then there's this outer ring of that just starts to expand kind of rather infinitely of possibility across time and space. I know that is all one listener, that is one being. And actually, as I tap into that and I say that, I, I know we are all one listener, one being. I, I can feel that's a little bit coming from a cognitive space, but I, I feel that knowing of our interconnection, that we are all just conscious beings riding this. We are the consciousness of being riding this wave of existence, right? And so we feel, I feel that interconnection as I see that. And I feel that sense of heart connection to myself and to you as a listener. I feel that sense of heart connection to the people I know who are listening. And I'm kind of consciously, but openly extending that to all the listeners in this moment that I don't know, <laughs> but I do, but I do know because you're human like I am and you struggle in the same ways that I do. You may have different beliefs and different values, but at this core of being a consciousness in the body, you're no different than I am in any way at all. Um, your experience of consciousness is, I imagine, to be just like mine. So that's what's coming up for me. <laughs> um, that, that, that's what's coming up for me in the now. That expanded out of, I didn't think, of, that didn't come to me while you were talking. I was just struck by those, you naming it and, and the energy you were carrying and the faces. And then mm -hmm. once I opened that door, everything I just said kind of just tumbled out. Right. And I didn't know where that came from exactly. It just kind of just started to happen in the moment. It was very spontaneous. And I'm also like, there's a part of me right now looking around for like what we're calling self-consciousness, which is when, so I'm getting a little bit more clarity in this moment, which is what happened for me. I just said something pretty, well, I guess I can call unconsciously in the sense of it was not pre-prepared. It was happening in the moment as it was arising. And it was, it also had some ideas kind of packed into it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, which might speak to things I believe or experience that may not match up with other people. Right. So there's a lot of, a lot of material came out in that, that I didn't have planned or controlled. It just came out. So that's, that's normally a setup for me. That's a vulnerable space. And often after I might say something like that, there will be a part that will get tensed up and be like, oh my God, what would I, I say? Was that weird? Whether there can be consequences or something. What I'm noticing, like, oh, that's not there, right? There's no, none of mm -hmm. that was present. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just noticing. Hmm. There's more that I'm holding that came up around what I was bringing in, but I think I would 
No, I no, I would rather explore this moment for now. Maybe I'll circle back to what I was carrying in, but I'm curious what happened for you listening to that. Yeah. And you the listener, of course. What what happened for you? Yeah. When you were sort of allowing this experience, like sort of allowing it to form as you were talking, this um what was coming up for you around the idea of the listener I had this wonderful visual that sort of grew as you talked. We were up on stage and I was imagining us looking kind of down off the stage at like the front row and at the front row is, was you and I mm. listening to us later. So that was like your first ring. And I imagined us like waving to us out in the audience and the us out in the audience giving us the thumbs up (laughs) you're doing good you're doing good and then just beyond that like the people you know and them their enthusiasm and their excitement about what we're creating here and their experience with it and then it was sort of like as it got further out like it was like this this idea of the seats that are further from the stage but also almost like time like who knows how long from this moment right now, someone that we have no idea of will be listening to this. It's possible. At that point, it was interesting to feel in my own system, the specific people versus this sort of human consciousness that you were naming this. I found, I don't know that I can put it in words, but I found myself holding vent with a sort of venerable veneration, uh, both the specific, particular, completely unique people, which are all people, and the unified human consciousness of any being, which would be a human who can sit and listen to this and have an experience at any point in time that they could get a hold of this recording, that they could listen and have their own experience, that unified human consciousness. So it was just interesting to hold both of those and feel this curiousness in my system of when does one become the other and what's the relationship between the unified human oneness of the the, the conscious experience and that the detail and, and what the detail of you and me and specific people listening brings up in me, the richness and the, it's like, Someone could walk into my backyard and be like, there's a bunch of flowers. But if you get close and you suddenly have an experience with this particular flower, there's so much there. So I was just really enjoying that feeling. Mm. That was a big part of the experience. And then you added that self-conscious sort of, you just allow that to come out and be sort of formed in the moment. And that after the fact, noticing what wasn't there, if I heard you correctly, that you weren't feeling what I think of as sort of a, that self-conscious sort of post-sharing protective energy that's like, ah, what did I just? And so it felt really interesting to think about how often we, how often we can miss an opportunity to give some time and attention to what's changed in the form of something that's not there. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, and I was, I'm going to kind of add this because it feels like it really fits with what you were saying. And it came up for me during the meditation that the more self, the more we identify with what IFS calls, calls self, the, the part of us that is fundamentally curious and compassionate. And I think of it as not being agended, 
Whereas like parts managers and firefighters and exiles have, you know, more of an agenda. It's like the part of us I've been thinking of as like the emptiness, mm-hmm. like there's the bowl, but then there's the emptiness in the bowl. And it's one of those things that it's so easy to talk about the irritation of a part or a belief or a story. There's so much draw, I think, in our nervous systems to turn our attention toward what's not quite right or what needs attention. And then suddenly when we feel calm and relaxed and open, it's harder to even name what that is. And so, so I just, I appreciated you taking the time to notice it and name it. And there's something in me, whether we do this or not, I can feel something in me wanting to talk about or spend time with this kind of idea of how do we talk about name, give attention to what's not there or the importance of being. It's hard to talk about it as opposed to that, the doing energy of like when we were doing the sense meditation, if we were you know, in a more of a doing space. Okay. He wants me to pay attention to my vision. Okay. And then suddenly like the eyes tense up and there's a active looking, what am I seeing versus bringing the energy of consciousness and awareness to that particular area and effortlessly, what am I seeing without, without trying it's just, it, it fascinates me. It feels really important and it feels like it is one of those things that's challenging to verbalize. So, mm-hmm. Well, a lot came up in all that you shared and I'm going to just stay with what's most present, which is, I guess, the last piece. I want to start with how I'm feeling. I feel a sense of curiosity, openness, kind of like floating a little bit and the energy is a little bit i'm gonna say like a little heady in me but not but not in a it's also spacious so it's kind of like a very spacious but it's a little neck up but it doesn't feel like i'm in some cognitive analytical you know i I do feel very open expansive open to energy but it just feels a little bit more in the head chakra, the head energy. And, and in that space, what I was feeling was as you were describing the last part about senses and opening up with the more relaxed rather than that part of mind that's like, okay, I got to do this and I'm going to do that. And I could hear that doing energy. And that, so my focus was really, as I was listening, was sitting in the balance of the doing and the being. And kind of something in me understanding the value of like, okay, it's time to do something. It's time to strike the bell. And then of course, the value of softening that and of having that step back. And that that's the dance right there, right? We're practicing this yin, feminine, receiving, non, non-doing way of being very much because we're kind of over, this is my belief in our culture, over done on the yang side of the masculine we're leaning into that, but there's great value in the, of course, you need this, the striking. And when I say masculine and feminine, this is completely nothing to do with gender. It's just a type of energy that could be male, female, non-binary. That just doesn't have anything to do with gender when I talk about that. It's just the energy of striking and the energy of reception, which has nothing to do with physical body genders <laughs> right? necessarily. 
I don't believe. Mm -hmm. So in that, as I was listening to you, I was feeling my energy like, as I was focusing on the vision, what my mind was doing was like practicing almost. And I was noticing it happened very naturally, like try on the doing energy, do focus. And I could focus like in the blackness, what am I seeing? What's that? I'm going to pick an, a spot and really look at that spot. Like I'm doing it right now. I see light and I see darkness, right? And I'm, I'm focused. Like and we talked about this before it's the, the beam becomes concentrated and that could be very useful. Like I'm really focused on a thing and I'm not going to allow distractions to come in. I'm going to stay right here. And that could be really useful. And of course, if you focus, focus more and more, it could also get a little destructive, right? Like a laser, that beam can be destructive. And sometimes that's the destruction that's useful. You sometimes want a laser beam to burn through something. And then focusing in really tight and then relaxing and then opening up, no focus, wide, 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 expansive, no focus, softening the eyes completely, seeing almost, almost as though you can see all the way around your head. You can just see all the way behind you, just imagining like to open up to that kind of vision. And then you can try, focus, pick a spot, focus, focus in really tight and then see what that's like and then soften, open, open, open. Feels to me, I've never really, this is new to me as I'm saying it right now. This again, just kind of spontaneously came to me as you were talking about it. It feels to me like, mm, an exercise, right? Like that contraction and expansion, almost like one does a, a curl or something, right? There's a contraction and an expansion and you're kind of practicing that movement right there. Feels very, feels useful to me in this moment. So I'll just pause again, again, a little moment where there's parts going, oh, that's a moment of self-consciousness. Again, something new came up in my consciousness. I, I just let it come out, but no real worry or concern. Part checking for it. Like, is there ever, no, 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 all clear. And then focus towards you. I see your smile and the curiosity, what's coming up in you or the listener. Yeah, I appreciated the freedom you I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but that sense of allowing your system to just travel and go and explore that. And when you said, I'm just making this up right now, I felt really joyful at what I, what my system saw as like a, a moment of creativity in your system that you had the freedom within to share with us. And you had it, you went with it, you shared it. That all felt really good as you were kind of taking us through that little exercise of, you know, you explain the yin and yang energy, and then how can we apply that to our vision specifically? What I was noticing was some clarity in my system. This is not entirely new that for me, there's been a lot of healing for me over the last, I'd say five years since I closed my yoga studio and stopped teaching yoga after 20 years of teaching. But in the last five years, there's been a lot of healing for me around how much my system has pushed me into that yang energy so that when it has happened, it's frequently under duress <laughs> to some extent. And so as I was listening to you, I was able to really become aware of that 
through an awareness of the pure goodness and natural, just that yin yang, the ebbing and the flowing, all the ways we say it, that it just is. It's the way the world works. It's it's good fundamentally. And then kind of noticing that when I am in a more action space, that's not because something in my system is pushing me into it and I'm not being pushed into it. It almost feels like a yin energy. It's so much more relaxed in comparison. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll just stop there. So that was really, you know, I'm aware that when I share something like that, I do have parts sort of, uh, I'm not entirely fully conscious of them. So I'm trying to kind of turn my attention. Let me ask when you share something like that, what's the that that you're referring to? The sort of sharing that sort of holding side by side, this, you know, pure being and doing energy, the yin yang with how that has lived in my system in a way that's been more from a place of trauma. It's not big trauma, but little T trauma, just a capitalistic, productive effortfulness. I'm holding them side by side and trying to kind of talk about them clearly enough that someone might say, oh yeah, I can sort of, so, so this is the thing that's happening. So that's what I'm talking about. And what I notice is there is, I have parts that are always still, without me being aware of it in sort of a teacher mode mm. Mm. that are wanting to offer something that they believe that they feel has been really helpful to me. Right. So there's an agenda to some extent, and that's not saying it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but just wanting to bring some awareness to it's almost like, Oh, I think I just shared that for a reason. Uh, what, what is the reason? Yeah. So noticing that, Mm. that teacher part of me that wants to make a gift of my experience, because I frequently find that I receive so much from hearing other people, like you just sharing your experience was a gift to me, but I do have a part that wants that, kind of brings that agenda forward. Mm. Yeah, I, one thing I noticed in me a part a little bit struggling to keep up with understanding at the at the content level and that i don't know what that is in me but i i've just found that a couple points being like i am struggling conceptually to track totally what you're saying but i'm okay with that (laughs) that's one thing i'm noticing in me and then two and then like there's a part if i say that there's a part that goes Oh, should I say that? Because I don't want, this is often a part of me that never wants the other to take on criticism or shaming or responsibility. And it really wants to be very clear, like, that's just me. Like, you could, you like, I don't know if it has anything to do with you. I just, for whatever reason, am not computing. Maybe my mind is not very cognitive in a certain, I don't, I'm not quite sure, but there's a part that wants to be like, don't take that on, Jess. But of course, if you need to take it on, you can. <laughs> um, so I'll just speak for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm fine with that either way. Either way, we'll just talk about what comes up. And it's okay. There you go. <laughs> okay, and we'll just be with what is. And if that's what is, and that's what is. So 
so there was that, but that was kind of more of an aside. This was felt more important, more alive. When you were talking about the agenda and there's the teacher part and you're like wondering about what it's, it's got an agenda, it wants something. In my mind, as I was listening to you, that felt really good. I just felt good to hear it. I just felt a positive energy and I was kind of curious about, wow, this feels good. What is it? And there was a, all this very happening very quickly. Another part kind of putting an image side by side and the image is a different version of Jess, a different human being who's unconsciously doing that, right? Like they're uh, doing that, meaning they're having their teacher part and they they have an agenda and they have no idea that there's a part that might have an agenda. They're just yep. blended with that part. And when I put that And again, that's not bad, right? But what happens in me as I imagine that? I feel constriction in me. I feel there's a part that's like suddenly I see something that the other doesn't see because I see there's a part with an agenda, right? Like I see, I I don't know what it is, but I see it has an agenda and I can tell the other person doesn't. So now I'm in a position that feels a little uncomfortable for my nervous system. I feel I have some information that the other person isn't privy to. And that's an awkward situation because how do I break that to the other person? Do I keep that to myself? And then I feel like there's a barrier between us. I see something that may or may not be true, but I see something that the other person I don't sense sees. How do I, how do I mitigate that? And now, now there's a tension there, right? And this, right. this is a tension I'm holding in every social interaction wherever I go, right? And maybe other people are too. And, and again, I'm not holding to whatever I see being true, but I can feel when a part has an agenda, right? Like, I, this is what I do. This is what my instrument is attuned to so much. That's what I'm leaning into. What, what is the motivation driving every person in or every, every part of me? It's like immediately, like, okay, what's, your, what's driving you? And what's the emotion driving you? Fear, joy, excitement? What is it that you're looking for? Such a key. So I'm always attuned to that. So I had that other image, which is, you know, 95%, you know, maybe even more of my experience of interaction is an unknowing of that in the other, or a lack of demonstration, at least of the knowing of that motivation. So I don't know. So I'm now I'm playing this three card Monty of relationship game, unfortunately, parts of me are a little bit, right. And I can talk in detail about how my system learns, of course, has ways to negotiate that that's being in relationship, like that's fine. But the gift for me, when you are aware, you don't even know the answer, but you're aware that there's something there. And all of a sudden, for me, all no burden here for me. No, like, oh, you and I see the same thing. I see there's an agenda. You see it too. I don't know. You don't know. But we're, we're on equal footing. I don't have to hold anything that's separate. It's not, I am right here with you. And I am totally comfortable with whatever that part's agenda is. And I, as long as you're aware of it and I'm aware of it, we could explore it and it could be, it's awesome, right? It could be great. Part of the, part of the family, come on in, but we want to be conscious, right? And then that's the important part. So pause there. Gosh, so much really rich. I'm holding and I, I'm, we'll see if it, it comes forward. To, to be spoken about, but the response back at the beginning of you not following my content, there might be something, there's definitely something there. We'll see if I get to sharing it. There's just, you know, something that's sort of ringing in my system is the humanness of 
if you're at all on a path of self-understanding, that beginning to understand things about yourself means you're, you're likely to start to see or feel that in others and how human. And so anybody listening to this podcast is likely to be on that path, right? So I, I think just the, what really strikes me as wanting to be sort of pointed to as valuable for me. Now here's that, maybe that teacher part, I'm not sure, but it feels alive in me. Like it feels really important and exciting is the conundrum of that. You know, I have in the past, I'm going to say something and that's, that's it. I haven't figured out how to say something that it usually goes well because pointing out something in someone else's system, it can be a very delicate thing. Like it's oftentimes just not a good idea. Mm-hmm. But then beginning to be conscious inside myself of what in me wants to say something. What does it want from saying something to the other person? Noticing the parts of me when this occurs that very unconsciously end up on the drama triangle. And so I was feeling as you were talking, appreciation I have that you have done this, I think, enough and in enough different ways that And maybe you did this naturally, but I imagine it's been part of your path to understanding more deeply what I'll call the relationship with that persecutor, victim, and rescuer energy that can come up in various ways with various parts. When we see something about someone else that they are not aware of, even if we don't fully understand it, that it affects the relationship. It affects the ability to to be more fully connected because they're not necessarily fully connected to themselves. I'm, I, so all of that was coming up. Mm. I'm just pausing because I can feel almost like a scrambling of a part that wants to kind of conclude my, um, like, a, like as if I was giving a, you know, a small class, <laughs> you know, it's like a teacher part. And as I say that, I I came back naturally to when you expressed your appreciation for me being conscious and Mm -hmm. naming that. Mm -hmm. And and it helps the parts of me that can tend to be more effortful or on the drama triangle come back to, like I kind of settle back in and I remember the truth that just naming my awareness at whatever level it is, the value of that, as opposed to the value of seeming value of figuring it all out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. While you were talking, I felt this great, it felt in my body like a wind, like a, I guess, inspiration, like a surge of like a positive energy and where it occurred was when you were talking about your teacher part and it was you know like it came forward at the beginning and you're like oh there's my teacher part and as i was listening to that and you name it i was feeling this sense of the of this burgeoning energy in you of this teacher energy in this space like i could feel it like coming through and taking a few steps and then like there's a little dance between you and your aware self and this teacher part coming into the space. And I felt this surge of welcoming and value, right? That was the main thing. And I, I think I've said this a lot where I get this sense of the value of your teacher. And so there's something in me 
when that comes forward, I see, it's like, I'm, I'm here. I see something in you and I'm like, I hear the excitement. I hear the, the beautiful, brilliant articulation that you have. I see your connection to the other. Like you have this, this clear sight of the, of the bridge. You see where the other is. You see where you are. You have this clearer sense of there are things along the path to help one get from one place to the other. So there's something that you see so clearly. And so as I start to see that in you, there's something in me that it's like, hmm, it's like seeing a flower starting to come out of the ground. Like the impulse is to nurture. The impulse is to support that in me. That's the, it's just very natural. Like, oh, I want to nurture and support that in you and in and of course, this is universal in you, in me, in all of people. And so that a little flash came in and of person I met at, you know, while I was out rapping at karaoke and just a short conversation I had. And he was, this person was telling me, oh, I want to, there's a part that wants to check in to see if this is necessary. Because that flash of a thought came in and it's, it was there. Well, I'm just going to pause because I don't know if it's necessary to go into that. I don't know if that feels totally right. Well, I'll just say it. What the hell? Because it came in. I'll just trust it and we'll, we'll see where it goes. And he was, you know, just talking. I've never met this person before. And he was talking to me and we connected. Like we can tell he had a kind of East Coast vibe. And then he's like, oh, where are you from? From New York. Okay, we connected East Coast. And then we were talking about rap. And then he started talking about DMX, the rapper, just connecting around that and you know, feeling the vibe pretty good. And he's like, oh yeah, by the, you know, and I had a good feeling from this guy. And he said, oh yeah, you know, I knew DMX is, my friend was part of his group and da da da, and he went on tour with him, you know, basically, and he met him and all this stuff. He was telling me this stuff. And I was getting a really good vibe from him and, and we were talking just for a minute or two and I, something in me felt this truth. And the truth was, that this person, it wasn't, and then he, he also mentioned someone else that he, he knew. And there's a part of my brain that could look at that. There's a judgmental part from the past that would look at that and be like, oh, this person is quote unquote name dropping or something and feel right. kind of like, but I can feel in my body. That's not what was happening. We were connecting and there was something about this person's spirit that was really, I could feel it, felt our connection. I felt our sense of like, he saw something in me and I felt something in him. And I, so I felt this person's telling me something. There was a value. I felt there was value to it. And I just looked at him and I was, this realization came to me. Like we were talking, I said, you know, I don't believe it's a coincidence that you met these very influential, creative people and connected with them. I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, my senses, and I feel it with you here, that there's something about you that you really connect to people. Like I can feel, like I feel connected to you. There's something about you that you're able to do that. And there's something about you that drew you to be in connection with these people. I do not think it's an accident that you are, talk to them and are talking to me now. I think there's something, there's something in your attunement, you know, and something about you that you connect to people. And I just kind of said that to him and he was, oh, wow, thank you. You know, immediately formed a bond. And uh, so I'm not quite sure that that energy popped in. It's like a seeing the other, seeing the opening in the other person. And when I, I guess there's been a practice in me and really like 
leaning into that, into like, oh, wow, seeing someone's natural innate abilities. When you notice them and you pay attention to them in yourself and in others, life flourishes. I'm going to bridge one more thing, and I know I'm putting a lot on the table, but it feels I can feel the, the thread of connection here. Way earlier when we were talking about the metaphor of the stage and the front row, and you know, I had a little like a, a circle with rings, but the stage works as well. But and we were talking about creativity, and there was this real sense in me of we are here in this now doing the creative act of letting stuff out and exploring. And you were saying this is where it came when you said you could see our other selves cheering for us and our, you know, look like she go, you're doing great, right? That moment, that moment felt so good. Because that's, that's the energy I want to carry towards myself. First and foremost, I want to have that steward energy towards my own creativeness, like go, go do it. Yes, do it more. Then you can mess up color outside the lines. It's okay. It's all good. Just keep keep going, keep creating. This is creative energy. And this is support of the creative energy. And I really wanted to make clear, it's not, this is not about me and Jess. Jess and I right now are the stand-ins for the creative action in this moment. We're just the stand-in, the symbol right now. But this is alive inside you. This is alive inside every human being, the creative act, the creative spirit. It can be in any form. doesn't mean it has to be in what we typically think of as a creative art, like writing or art or music. It could be in whatever work you do in your life, that there is a way of, of being creative with it, of exploring openness, of exploring the newness. Okay, I'm going to pause because I think my now my brain is firing and like whatever I say, there's like four branches that start to pop out. I'm like, oh, and that, and that but I don't want to lose connection to you or myself. So I'm going to pause or the listener. I'm connecting to you, the listener in the audience. I see your face. You know, kind of starting with the faces I know, but extending to other faces that I don't know. Mm. And connecting to my body, like I feel my belly and my breath. And now focusing on you, Jess, and... What's yeah. It's happening in you. So I'm um, um, rather than so I have the part that wants to like quickly go back up everything you said and be right. like, I choose, but what's really here right now is this last thing you brought up of the energy of the audience that is bringing their supportive energy. And so when you started to name it, I was sort of seeing the us sitting in the audience as the really supportive friend or cheering parent energy that we have inside ourselves sitting there outside of the actual doing of this, right? It's, it's all happened. They're outside the situation and they're, here we are, you and I are observing what was created and going, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Great job. What a neat thing you've done. Putting yourself out there, whatever the positive things they're saying. And then you a moment ago, naming how everyone has, however they see that, they have a version of that in themselves. And what I was feeling was how much work that has been in my life to give myself permission to, it's like an attuning to the best as opposed to looking for the worst or 
holding enough, a large enough, being in a large enough space for, for even when you mess up, even when you quote unquote, whatever this even means, fail. Some part of you might think you've failed at something that even then there are the parts in me that can see the value and how I've worked to cultivate because I know the truth of it. And yet the power of the parts of me that might be critical or stingy or constricted, they don't want me to feel anything negative. And so they would rather me hide under a rock until my life is over. And so as you were naming this and you said, even looking out into the audience and seeing faces, I don't know. And I had this memory that when I used to I have an art show or something many years ago, it would be that I would have a running list in my head of who never showed up to the opening and how painful that would feel. So I could have like 50 people show up and I'd have the six people who didn't come. And that would be where all my energy would go. And, and that's so shifted now mm. that everything feels like pocket confetti. Everything feels like wow, you like this? How cool. Like, it's just, all of it is good. And even like you were saying a moment ago, again, sometimes I, I lose connection to this, but I do know the truth of it. And more and more every day that earlier when you, you named, you were like losing, not connected to the content that I was sharing. And then you were like, I don't know if that, you know, what that will bring up in you, but even if it brings up parts that feel hurt or, or, you know, something by it, they're welcome too. It's the same thing. It's like, you know, like your thing about everything is cheesecake. So I just was feeling really appreciative for that growth in my system. And now that I have said that, I also feel so appreciative of your, how specifically you talked about my teacher part. It just felt really really good um, feeling seen and kind of, you know, having some like the water you pour in flowers to make the flowers grow more and bigger. I was like having that blue water poured on you. <laughs> it makes the plant grow more. It felt really good. And even the, the talking about the person you met at karaoke and the interaction you had, what I, you didn't name this, but one of the things I, f I felt, and I appreciated that you chose to share that story. It felt like its own flower that yet you were sharing with us. I was sort of feeling in what you were saying that the now chat and the we chat is there even in the it chat. I know, I don't think we've talked about the modes of communication specifically yet, but I felt your, as I saw it, I could be wrong about this. Your growing awareness that even when you're in an, like a moment where you're just talking about stuff that really it is potentially an opportunity to connect from deep within yourself to, to, to some deeper or more expansive part of someone else, even if that's not specifically being named. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Just connecting to the awareness in me, what's coming up is this phrase has come up in one of my groups. Cause we talk about the, there's a kind of culture of authentic connection, which those are the groups that, we run and we do, and that we practicing essentially here, the culture of like speaking for what's happening in the moment. And oftentimes there's this dichotomy of like, okay, well, here's life in the authentic connection world. And then there's the 
the real world. But then I, I, I had a part that was like, you know, I, <laughs> I like, I feel like this is like more of the real, if there is a real world, if there is one, right, which there isn't, but if yeah. there is, <laughs> there's one where we're being more real, isn't that the more real one than the one where we're wearing masks? And then they said, well, yeah, that's true. Okay, so let's just call it out in the wild. And so, okay, out in the wild. That's <laughs> one of the things I've learned is being like here, there's a lot of space because we have this shared language, shared understanding. There's so much space to go into more detail about what's happening. But out in the wild, there's not that space. This is not bad. It actually is, it is teaching me to be really sharp, concise, and present. And even in the example that I gave, that was even a little bit more loquacious or wordy because I had a good connection with that person. But in other spaces where it's been like, there's a little momentary turbulence happening. I guess I'll give another story. I was talking to this other person who I've, am you know, beginning a really nice friendship with, but this was the, one of the first interactions we had. We had a good vibe. We were like connecting. There was a good energy. And she told a story about something about getting her like knee injured and that how when she had her knee injured she couldn't move it for like a year or something and it taught her so much i was really hyper i was really excited and i had this strong energy and i i really connected to that and i was like oh my god i know what you're talking about i had a brain tumor for like two years and it and i went into like two three sentences but i i wasn't attuned in the moment so when she responded she then responded, she started to become what, what felt to me was sarcastic. And then she said something like, well, my grandfather, well, he did that, you know, like, and I was getting the message that she felt one upped, like I was doing a kind of one up game. Like she told me about her thing, her leg, and I went to a brain tumor. So now she's going to one up me, but she was doing it sarcastically to be like, I see what you're doing and you're, a, and you're a jerk or something. Right. And I immediately saw it and I saw that I saw how it could be perceived that way. I get that trope, you know, it's a classic one. Sure. You know, that's a trope we understand when someone one ups. And that was not what was happening. And she goes into it and I, I was immediately like, I need to I kind of cut through this because it's not, what's happening is not what's happening. And I, I think I might've even put my hand on her shoulder. I'm not sure if I did or not, but we had made some contact that felt okay. But I, I just looked at her and I kind of like, was like, hey, I just want you to know, like, what I meant was I really felt what you said and it meant something to me. I wanted to demonstrate. I don't even think I went to what I wanted. I just focused on her. I heard you and what you said really touched me. I really got what you said and it really touched me. I just want you to get that. And it, it took her a minute. Shift back, kind of. To shift out of that. Like, she was like, uh, uh, and I was like, no, I, I, I just want you to know whatever. I didn't have to go to, I'm not doing that one up in game. Like I, I just left that alone. Cause that was going to get that. Maybe you and I can go, that's the detail that you and I might be able to go into. Cause we've got this a lot of space, but I'm at a bar. If I start getting into that, that's going to get even more confusing. I might bring some tension in trying to explain myself. That could be misread in many ways. I'm just going to cut through all that. I'm just going to tell you and look you in the eye and say, I really heard you and I felt you. And your story was very powerful and thank you for telling me that. That's what I want you to know. That's really, yeah. That was a kind of building block. I think I've said this before, these little small moments of 
clarity, interaction, heart-centered communication. And that's the one thing. It was very short. It was like actually the less words. It was like, I heard you. And I and and being like very like looking them in the eye and and it's not just the words I heard you because if I say, oh, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you, that, that that's going to be the opposite. Yeah, but really, when you really hear someone, and then those have become the seeds of friendship. You know, this is a person I, I have a good energy with. It's a new friendships, but it's got a really strong start to it because of these few really powerful interactions that have happened. So I'll, I'll stop there now. I really, really appreciate that. What really, what landed for me that feels like a seed was planted from your story was what I felt was the additive nature when you paused her, you know, I can really, for my system, I can really connect to and feel like I would be right there with you in that moment of realizing that what I had offered was taken differently than I intended right? You were offering this and she saw it as a one up and how quickly, you know, that hit your system. Oh, oh, this is where she's going with that crap. You know, you know, you meant to go make a basket and it did not land in the basket. And I could feel in my system, what would immediately start happening is trying to retract, trying to take away what she received, trying to know that's not what I meant. And the power of not even spending any time with that at all, but going straight into what you shared had value to me. And I could feel in my own system because I just sort of imagined myself in that situation and how it might feel for me as a way of embodying it and learning from it and really hearing you. I could feel what still feels in my system that felt more vulnerable. It felt more, I guess what I would say is it felt less defended. Hmm. This sort of idea I brought up at the beginning, which I didn't talk much about, but it's been a powerful image for me since it came up last week, is this idea of the part of me that is an empty bowl and that I can put something in her bowl that I can just continue to return to the empty bowl nature. Like it just feels so much more honest and effortless and undefended to just say, you matter to me. This matters to me. There's value here and not trying to control or judge or manage what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a part of me that wants to step out on some thinner ice here. For me, it feels like thinner ice, which is to kind of like include the layer of identity in it, which is to say the person in that situation I was talking to was a black woman. And I'm a white man, right? And there's an age difference. So let's say she's younger, I'm older. So I'm an older white man, right? So I'm going to identify all those factors. And I'm, some part of me is aware of that too, right? How could I not be aware of that? That's, that's part of the mix. And nevertheless, what feels important to me is like to say like this direct, authentic heart space it transcends all of those. Okay, I'm aware those are all in the field. So again, if I'm going from a place of what's not happening, right? Oh, wait, let me defend myself. I'm not a white man telling you, I'm not a mm, white man yeah. your story as a black woman and saying my story matters more. Uh-oh. Now, if I'm in the fear mode and I'm holding that, now I'm going to back myself out of that 
space, there are like many levels of complicated, many levels that are at play there. And now if I'm going to try to address all that in that moment, like, oh, that's it. That's, I'm just, I'm just aware that's rough seas. What I'm aware of is this space of being real from your heart, it transcends all that. It, it transcends all the fear, all the, the concepts that we might place on any particular moment, whatever those concepts are. Right. Oh, this is not what I meant. This is not what I meant. Oh, this is not about gender or this or you know, all that. Dropping into the heart can transcend it. Now, again, the other has to be in a receptive place. This person is a very, very awake, aware person. I'm, you know, kind of amazed by this human being. So there's something very powerful there. So they can receive. There are places where I can put this energy out and it's not received at all. It's seen as the other person is unable to see through. This is what I experience sometimes. The other person is unable to see through their own projections onto me for whatever reason, they, whatever they place onto me, they are unable to see through those projections. And this is a universal experience for all of us. We're, we're walking around not being seen most of the time. Most of the time. Yep. <laughs> if not all of the time. Yeah. Right. Virtually all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because when you really see someone, it's like the light of the sun peeking through a crack or something. It's, it's you know, blinding. somewhat blinding. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And it takes, it takes practice to build your capacity to even allow that to be beamed at you, I think. Yeah. There's a song I'm working on and the lyrics just came to me and it came from being at the karaoke place and just seeing all this beauty everywhere. And the, the words, if I got them right, maybe not, but everywhere I turn, I only see stars. How beautiful you all are, words cannot report. Mm. That was the first, like, that was the experience. Like, every, I look here, I look there. It's just like, look at all these people just shining and shining. I can't even put words to how I see people shining everywhere I turn. And part of that, seeing everyone shining everywhere I turn, part of it, there's a, a seeing that the other doesn't see it always. There's times when they're shining and they're, they're, just, they're just the light. And then there's times when they, they're like, they'll step out of it, they don't see it. I could see that they don't see their own light. And there's a, there's a sadness in that. And then there's this opening in me to see that as beautiful too. Mm-hmm. That's even part of the, that's part of the shining of all of us is our own dance with seeing ourselves and seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I know that that's true for me too. I know that that's, I guess that's, it's part of the human experience. We come in these strange bodies that are, so attached and fearful. Yeah. It's a, it's a good lesson to practice. It's a good reason to be here. Hmm. I had this little funny energy as I was saying it, as I was hearing you feed it back, there was just like, Oh, this feels really good. And like, there was a part that was like, Oh, that was, I felt really good getting to express that here in a clear, you know, just talking way. I have an appreciation for hip hop and rap because it allows me to express it's like it allows me to express some things that I normally wouldn't. And so just like those 
lines, it allowed me to open up to that, but then it gives me a space to talk about that. Here, in a different level, I could feel myself taking ownership of that in me in this moment. And that feels really good. That like that that moment where I just shared that lyric and then being able to talk a little bit about it feels like a very different experience for me in this now. So that was happening and I was feeling really good about that. And then there was a little like other part that was almost a little very, very quick flash of self-criticism or something. Look at you, Frank, being all kind of like spiritual and you're so great or something, you know, a little self blah, blah, blah. And then right at right there, you said something about fear, like you were tapping into like, oh, we get in these places of fear and kind of the muckiness. And that part was like, yeah, let's go there. Frank, come on, let's talk about, let's get real now. Like, okay, that, all that's real too. Yeah, 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 fine, fine. But let's, let's, where, where's your fear? Where's your, where's, what's uncomfortable for you, Frank? Let's bring that in the room because it's not all this uh, um, light and everyone stars and that, oh, that's great. You got that. But what, where are the places where you don't have that? Let's, let's go there. Where are the places in you that are not resolved, Frank? And there was an excitement to that. There was a like, ooh. And there are other parts that are like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Crash landing. Can we stay in the place where I imagine myself as a fully integrated and awakened being? Like, can I just, <laughs> can I just stay in that? Like, I'm doing great. I'm in, I've been reading this book called Cloud Cuckoo Land, which is a wonderful book. But Cloud Cuckoo Land kind of being like this idea of like a nirvana in a sense. So I've, I've been thinking a lot about that, that state of like, ooh, I'm one with everything. I feel unitary consciousness and all that. And there's this voice that's like, yeah, what's, and where's the shadow? Where's the, where's the pieces that don't fit in? And, and knowing that that is the path to opening that even more fully, embracing all of it, embracing the, the shadow parts, the fear, the shame. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about the, I think it's a Thich Nhat Hanh, no, no mud, no lotus. Right. And the other thing that struck me just now, as you were talking was, well, we're still here. So there must be some more mud. There must be some more. I feel really, feel really grateful to know the truth of that even if I don't always know the experience of the unitary, you know, the higher, we're all connected. I know the truth of it. There's nothing in me that doubts it. Even if I forget it 65% of the 75, 85, 95% of the time, even if I'm not, you know, I have so many parts that can't live in that space. I know the truth of it. And I don't want to use the truth of it to somehow climb, even though parts of me do, to just climb out of mm. or above this human experience. I want to bring those together and say, how do I hold both of these at the same time? Mm. I think that's a, a lot of what we talk about here. Yeah. I also want to name, and I'm glad you named it. You named, well, what you named was the, the value and joy of your appreciation for hip hop and rap and the creative outlet it provides you and how bringing it here into this space gave you sort of a, a different um, entry point or a different way of talking about when you named the lyrics you wrote, I will say 
I got full body chills. So that was really, really? you know, yeah. And I could feel it. I could feel you in this imagined karaoke space and all these people. And I could imagine you completing the song and performing it in this space. I don't know if all that will happen, but it, all of it was like, whoosh, just wish through my system and felt really powerful and good. I just want to name one other thing. It's part of that is when you talk about one of your creative venues, like the, the rap, I have sort of simultaneous curiosity, appreciation, but also like a little bit of unsteady ground inside of myself because it's not an area I'm familiar with. It's not a topic I'm familiar with, and it's not necessarily the, the topic we're on. And so there's a part of me that's like, almost like what pops forward is what do I even have to contribute here? Which being conscious of that feels really helpful. Like, oh, okay. I, I get that. That makes sense. And as soon as I name it, I can feel that there probably is something I have to contribute. And if, if only just to, to say, which I hadn't, that I do appreciate, I just think it's a, it just, a, it's an area of your life that fascinates me. And I, I think it's really neat that when it lands in here, and becomes a part of this conversation. And it's a, it's something between us that and there's all kinds of things be, about between you and I that are different from each other. Mm. But this is one of those places where I think of as your more extroverted nature comes out, performative and extroverted. And that's not something we've directly talked about, but there's something in me that just finds that the introverted extroverted part specifically, like I have some curiosity and fascination. I have parts that I want to talk about that, about what does that, how do you see that, you know, in yourself and how do I see that in myself and what does that mean about us? And what does it not mean about us? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the first thing that comes up, well, when I'm feeling feelings first, feeling excited, not like super excited. Like I don't feel my heart racing, but like a real, like energy wants to come in the room around this. And then when you were talking about like the parts being like, I don't know if I have value. And there was like, oh, your perspective from where you are has so much value. Meaning one, first, what you said alone about how you got chills from me reading those lines was a very powerful experience for me in the now. Mm. And there's so much value to that. <laughs> I think my teacher part wants to come forward here and to you in the audience, to anyone who might want to hear this, might be good for them to hear this, is, you know, so often I really encourage us to take time with these moments. And I'm getting a little teary because there are moments we brush over so quickly of, I said a line and you, something I created and you got physical chills in your body. So something happened in your nervous system that was powerful. And when you told me that, something was happening in my nervous system that was powerful. Very powerful, like really meaningful connection, kind of rippling through. I could name a lot of things that that's touching in me. But the point that I'm wanting to highlight at a meta level for you, the audience, for me, Frank, and all my parts that don't fully get this, because <laughs> even though I speak this, there are parts of me that don't get it, right? Even though I'm saying it right now, there are aspects of me that, so I'm inviting them and, and your parts too, to really clue into the value of like really slowing down with that. The value of, of this moment of interconnection when 
what's alive in me, the creative spark that comes up in me. And that could be just from the words of my heart that are coming up in this moment, or that could be through a song or a poem or, or a piece of art. But when that thing comes forward and it impacts the other person, that is an incredibly powerful moment. And there's a feedback loop because there's something happening in you. If you're in the, in the space of the one who is impacting the other, let's, let's go back to the yang energy there, right? Like my yang energy, I put this lyric out and I did it and I said it and it's sent a vibration out into the universe around me. And it went through you, Jess, it went through your body and it came out in the form of chills. And then when that, that was like a, and you told me when you told me about that, the kind of rebound energy came back to me and I felt something moving through my body and like, oh, unpacking and going really aware with this, not analyzing it from a mental space, but feeling into it from a felt sense space of what's happening in the human body and the human spirit in these moments. I feel something like the cells in me, like opening up and shifting, kind of rearranging. So one, all that is right at my fingertips. So when your parts say, what value do I have? <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's like uh, almost like standing at the Grand Canyon and someone going, what value does this have? And I go, do you, do you see it? And, you know, I could see that that whether whoever that voice is doesn't see it. Like they don't. That's why they, they say, but they, they don't fully get it. So I want to like gently turn those parts to say, just take a look at this Grand Canyon here. It just keeps getting bigger when you touch into it too. It keeps expanding. There's more, but I want to pause there and just see what's coming up in you. Well, I want to actually, before I do, I want to kind of register what the more is in myself. And we might not have time for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Okay. There is a more about the rap with wanting to talk about it and the value of it. Let me state it and then we'll let you respond and then we'll probably go to a closing. So not only just in that, just the interaction of what's real for you, that the incredible value of that and the back and forth. I am becoming aware of, so my rap identity name is awareness. And when I'm in that mode of being, like what you were talking about, the introvert and extrovert, there is this other being that comes out. And I see myself behave differently. I see myself act differently. I access things that I don't have access to in other areas of my life. And I could see a, a judgmental part being like, well, that's fake in you looking out like you don't always act or talk that way, or you're not that out, you know, in your other aspects of your life. So that's fake. And it's like, actually, no, you know, that part's in, that voice is incorrect, clear, very much. This is a real, real aspect of me that maybe even, you know, I wouldn't say more real, but it's a different aspect of me that gets to come alive through this persona. There's a persona who is awareness, but awareness is a real being. You know, you just a persona doesn't make him not a real being. He's a real being that when I step into him, I become him and I access these new ways of seeing the world, new ways of connecting to people. And it offers so much to all these other aspects of my life. And so from here, between you and I, there is this space to talk about what does it mean to have a persona and to explore, and you can have a persona and a role in any area of your life. If you go to work, you adopt a persona while you're at work. You, you know, like you have to put on a certain voice and a certain thing to a certain degree, 
um, some people to a greater degree than others, but you're expected to carry yourself in a certain way, that is a persona. And that's not bad. That is a role. And when you step into a role, there are things that open up in you. There are abilities that open up and there are things that you get to we talk about like creative restriction, like there are things that get restricted. And in all that, you find new ways of being that can inform and develop the rest of your life as you bring awareness to them. So I'll pause there. But just to say there's such a rich field of overlap to talk about here. And your presence is just so synchronon, necessary, valuable. This this conversation doesn't happen without your presence. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was clarifying in the specific sense of as you were, you know, sort of saying back to me what you heard and also what you felt in what I shared, that the part of me that said, I fell on shaky ground, I don't know what I have to contribute, was very much of the mental realm. Like, what do I quote know about hip hop and rap and performing and karaoke and this and that and the other? or even this as a creative form, this is not my creative form. And yet I was also noticing, again, as I was hearing you and kind of tuning into the different parts and their their beliefs and their perspectives, that when you read that line, something in me, the part that is more preoccupied with what do I know, what do I not know, and where can I speak intelligently about things and blah, 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 was like, this is poetry. We fucking love poetry. We know how to talk about poetry. We know how to how to feel the power of creative wording and uh, evocative wording. And so I got really uh, from that place where what I'm excited about. So it's almost like, see if I can slow this down just a little. It's almost like I always am having my authentic experience, even if I'm not entirely conscious. Mm-hmm. You know, and and sometimes I have to slow down or listen a little differently to hear it, to allow it to kind of come up to the surface and then be verbalized. It just sort of is, just is, it is my isness, right? But it's almost as if the parts of me that are more intellectual, verbal, are a doorway that parts of me say, you know, we can't, we can't give ourselves full permission to say what's happening right now, if we feel like we quote, don't know what we're talking about. Mm. And so just even noticing that there's something to that in my system feels important and helpful. And I really felt this beautiful resonance and excitement when it was like the parts of me that feel like they do know what they're talking about because mm. that my system still holds value in that mm. felt on board with what was happening inside of me and what was happening with you. Um, so that felt really good that when the parts that can come in and help me verbalize that point of connection between us, you said those words, I had this experience. I was able to put it into words. You felt the value of that. Like when I can kind of get those two parts, the, the what's happening naturally to what, how can I express it when they get lined up and they also, there's also like the, all, all systems go, we know what we're talking about, how, how good that feels to be able to connect from that place to feel like the ground under me feels a little bit more solid. And even though part of me is like, yeah, it'd be nice if we could get there without that, but, (laughs) but just being like, this is what feels true for me right now. And that feels good. That, That does feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes a little, uh, 
bolstering. Um, I want to say the word crutch, but that has such a negative uh, kind of it has a little bit of a negative connotation, right? But just a little little support for you know for those yeah. songs. It's like, and you can see like yeah, there's 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 a little wrinkle there that you could iron out one day. But this is perfect right where it is right now. This is perfect right who I am and what I am right now. Yeah. I yeah. totally get that. And that's, that is forever the path, right? Like that's the the shifting sands right there. Like, oh, look, it's beautiful. And like, oh yeah, look right there. That could use a little ironing. But right now it's perfect just the way it is. Yep. And yeah, we'll, 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 we'll take a look at that. And you know, maybe we'll get a little bit more here, a little bit more there, but gosh, this is just great right where it is. It works. Yeah. So that's great. That feels really good. Hi, Zinni. Oh, hi, Zinni. I suddenly heard purring. I think she just purred into the microphone. Yeah. She knows when things are going to be close to the end and she shows up. Hi, friend. Scooch. Don't knock anything over. There we go. <laughs> well, let's uh, you, me, and our circle of listeners take a moment to come together here. Just want to take a moment to reflect on the podcast today together and reflecting on what stands out in your experience like what feels meaningful to you what happened inside you over the course of the journey today emotion thoughts inspiration and there'll be a little little link in the in the show notes that will have a place where you could leave us a little feedback a voice feedback if you would like. We would like to hear from you for, for certain. Yeah, just anything you're noticing coming up that you want to name or speak to of your experience? What feels really um, kind of bubbling up right now is this, this feeling of we're going somewhere, we're getting somewhere, but we're not there yet. Like I feel that within this podcast space, the way we revisit topics, the way we find new new topics and new perspectives on previously discussed topics. And I just really love that feeling of movement and exploration. And it feels very much an echo of just a life, you know, of living, of being here. And I feel so joyful to share that with you, Frank, and with you, the listener. So that's what I'm feeling right now. Hmm. Yeah, and as you were saying, like, yeah, we're getting somewhere and we're things are developing and the words, the path is the goal. Because as soon as you said it, it felt really good. Like, oh, I want to be right there. I want to be in that place where we're we're getting somewhere, but we're not quite there. <laughs> and there was a part that was like, that's exactly where I want to be. Because <laughs> the path is the goal. I want to be on, the, like, we're on the path and we're moving towards things and opening and there's no place to get to. It's it's all right here, and we're going towards it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's the that's the beauty of it. It's like oh, we just we're just going for a walk, and and, and we've got taking it all in, taking it all in, and we're going someplace. Things are changing, developing. We're getting new perspective, and and this is it right here where we're going. So awesome, yeah. So thank you, dear listener, for your time, your attention, your heart, your mind, your spirit that you opened up. It is a gift to us. 
And I hope that you see that what you experienced inside yourself was a gift to you. What is inside yourself as a gift to you? And I just hope that this, uh, this little tour gave you a little tour of yourself, open mm-hmm. to that, and maybe some new energies and new ideas too. Yes. Okay. And we'll see you all on the next episode of Feel This. See you next time.